What's the big brew? <laughs> you want answers? Welcome to the beautiful campus of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am the Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Pastor <laughs> Marcus Zill. We have a big announcement today. I have a very dramatic announcement. So anyone with a weak heart should leave now. You have been warned. Announcing the fourth biennial LCMS National Campus Ministry Conference will be held this January over Christmas break in beautiful, balmy, and Lutheran Fort Wayne, Indiana. So mark your calendars for witness. On both the campuses of Purdue University, Fort Wayne, and Concordia Theological Seminary, why witness? Well, college campus is an ever-expanding mission field, and college-age students have more opportunities in their vocations as students to bear witness to their faith in Jesus Christ than ever before. And what better way for us to get a taste of witness? Than to sit at the feet of the Everyone is Witness program director himself, my colleague, Reverend Mark Wood. Pastor Wood serves in the Office of National Mission as the director of Witness Outreach and also Revitalization and his new Revitality program. Witness Outreach and Revitalization, of course, is the acronym for? War. War. Uh, yes, W-O-R, War. So we have, uh, we have Pastor Wood here with us in the War Room, Witness Outreach and revitalization and we thought it would be a good thing here as we're in this post-easter afterglow as uh, things are winding down on campus and whatnot to uh, talk a little bit about witnessing pastor wood has uh, has developed an awful lot of wonderful materials on witnessing and we thought that we could apply this to our college campus and campus ministry context and so today we thought we would start off by talking about why do we witness in the first place so let me just jump in and ask you, Mark, why do we witness? That sounds like, well, duh, you know, of course we witness. That's what we're supposed to do. Or a lot of other reasons that people give for witnessing. And what I, what I found uh, in my experience in serving in evangelism, both as a, as a lay person and then later as, as a pastor, is as Lutherans we've been, we've been, influenced by a lot of non-Lutheran ideas about evangelism. So it never hurts to back up to the basics, you know, and say, hey, why are we doing this in the first place? And people will give you lots of reasons why. And, you know, like, well, because people around us are dying and they're going to go to hell. And if we don't do something, they'll suffer for all eternity. Some people boil it down to little witty sayings like, we witness so that we can uh, increase the population of heaven, or we can decrease the population of hell. The problem with all that, Marcus, is that's not biblical. That's not what the Bible teaches us about witnessing at all. Hmm. And so if we go back to the scriptures and we start reading passages, one of my favorite passages, and this is in Ephesians 1, where it lays it right out in front of us and says, 
you know, before God created anything, before there was time, he chose the people who were going to be saved. He, he chose them, and those are the ones that are going to be saved. And I guess we could kind of sum it up by saying the people God chose for salvation are going to go to heaven. There'll be no more or no fewer people there than the ones who were chosen before the beginning of time. Now, the fancy theological title for this is Election by Grace. Uh, and that's that things. Uh, and, and now we look at that and say, oh, wait a minute. If God already chose people before there was time, and those are the people who are going to be saved, no more or no, no fewer, well, then why should I bother with this thing? Absolutely. So- that's what all the college stuff <laughs> Be like a prof saying to you, well, you know, I've already pre-chosen who's going to get A's and who's going to get F's. Uh, most college students would say, well, what's the point of going there? <laughs> <laughs> right. So so if we look at it that way, in that sort of crass way, we say, well, I don't have to do anything. And the people that God chose by his election by grace, uh, they're going to go to heaven anyway. So I don't have to do a thing. It becomes an actually a legitimate question, I think. Why should we witness? And and our answer begins to tell us a lot about how we understand who God is, uh, how God functions, what's the basis of our salvation, and how are we to live as God's people in the world? And it, it's very, very rich question, even though on the surface it sounds like a ridiculous question. Sure, and, and I'm glad it's not. I'm glad it is a ridiculous question in a way, because otherwise we we could end the program right now. <laughs> <laughs> there wouldn't be much to talk about. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Pastor Wood. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, uh, people know election by grace by another name. Uh, it's a word the Bible uses. It's it's nothing. It's nothing wrong with the term, but it it's often very much misunderstood. And that other term is predestination. Mm-hmm. So God has predetermined who is going to be saved, not not on the basis of who we are going to be or what we are going to do or whether we're going to be good people or bad people or whether we will be smart or not smart or whether we would choose him or not choose him. He didn't make his decision based on any of that. He did it solely out of his grace. Uh, all of us were destined to destruction. All of us would be lost unless God did something. And he did. Uh, he chose some to be saved. Now, why he chose some and not others? Sorry, you have to ask, ask a different guest that that's question. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where people get into trouble. Uh, we can't answer that question, and the reason we can't answer that question is God hasn't told us the answer. Uh, but a lot of people get hung up there, Marcus. They they get mm. stuck in what you know, kind of wanting to know what was in God's mind when He shows some people and other people. We do tend to like to focus on all the things that we don't know at the expense of the things that we do. Right. And and when God has revealed something to us as true, but hasn't told us his reasoning behind it, sometimes we get really anxious about that and say, I, I want to know why. I want to know what's behind God's reason. It doesn't make any sense to me. And at the end of the day, we stand in the place of Job you know, where uh, where God comes to him and says, okay, now stand up and answer me. <laughs> you know, where were you when I set the earth's foundation? You know, where were you when I said to the waves uh, of the ocean, you go this far and no further? 
you know, tell me if you understand. Yeah, I don't know about uh, you, but if you get into a cross-examination with uh, God, you're probably going to lose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so God breaks Job over the cults for three whole chapters, you know, from, uh, you know, Job, starting in Job 38. And, and the basic thing is, God is saying to Job, as he says to us, I'm God, you're not. What I revealed is enough. What I haven't revealed is really for your good. Uh, you know, so maybe God is saying something we can boil it down this way. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. Mm. And so if we get caught up in the mind of God, we're going to be wrapped around the axle in all these difficult questions that we can't answer. Sure. There's no way we can answer them. But instead, God calls us to function according to his heart. And the heart of God is this. God desires that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, this may sound like, you know, a paradox. God already chose the people who are going to be saved and knows who they are. Mm -hmm. But God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's exactly what it is, a paradox. We can't resolve these things, but they're both true. But we can understand them in context. One is about the mind of God. Who who has he chosen, and you know, and uh, the others about the heart of God. What does he desire? Sure. So evangelism is called to join God in His heart work, the thing that's closest to the heart of God, that all people would come to the knowledge of the truth, all people would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and be saved. Uh, now we know that that's not going to happen. But we don't know who's been chosen, who isn't chosen. We don't know how many. We don't know when they're going to come to faith. We don't know any of that stuff. But we do know the heart of God, don't we? Sure. So that's what I encourage people to do is, hey, center yourself in the heart of God. And then you'll know why we witness. Well, that's... That is an absolutely fantastic uh, introduction to to the point, because so often we, uh, you know... Well, a lot of times our, our young people, especially our college students out there, they're not sure what to say. They're not sure how to witness. And I know uh, we're going to have uh, Pastor Wood back to talk about some of those things. Um, but what are some of the common pitfalls that we fall into uh, beyond just this whole idea of, uh, of uh, you know, predestination and election and why should mm -hmm. I even go about this that, that are important for our young people to remember? All right, so you touched on one of the pitfalls, and that is to apathy. What should I bother? I am right. nothing if I am not given to apathy. You can just ask there a go. mutual boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't care if you're apathetic or not, uh, personally. So uh, that was a joke, no. but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a true statement. I wasn't going <laughs> to argue. <laughs> yeah. All right, so anyway... Uh, so that's the first one, you know, the apathy problem. Why should I bother witnessing? Uh, it's done, but it isn't done. You know, election is done, but the, the work of bringing the saving news of Jesus Christ to those whom he's elected, that hasn't been done yet. And that's our role. The other, I uh, think, problem that people have with evangelism is it, it's often associated with guilt and shame and angst mm. because people have this burden on them that if I don't witness to my my 
roommates. I don't witness to the people that, you know, I, I live with in a dormitory, an apartment building. But I don't witness my family members who don't know Jesus. They're going to die and they're going to perish and spend all eternity in hell. And it'll be my fault. Uh, and worse than that, if I do try to witness and I blow it, that might have been their only chance to go to heaven. And now I have to carry that. If I only would have done a better job. Hmm. And so we, we burden ourselves with this idea that we are, are the instrumental agents of people coming to faith or not. Uh, in other words, we're trying to put the Holy Spirit out of a job. So. Okay. But then that leads either to, uh, I mean, apathy in the sense of, uh, you know, what's the point? And that's very easy, I would think, for a lot of our college students. You're on this college campus. There's all this craziness going on. Every professor seems to be, you know, speaking against... Uh, uh, any religion whatsoever, and if if anything, you know, it's kind of a soft persecution of Christian a Christian worldview, and so you're you're up against the odds, and and yet you think, well, you know, the bottom line is is that God's in control anyways, and He's the one that's going to make it happen. So therefore, you know, what's the point? I would think it's it's very easy to just give up, um, or you end up on the opposite side of the spectrum, and 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 not being able to sleep at night because you think that the uh, the fruits of the labors are all dependent upon you. So you have two two big, I guess, ditches, if you will, uh, and you can fall. You can go off the road into one of those two ditches on either side, and and evangelism ends up being a uh, well a burden or or a nuisance. Uh, but either way, it it, it makes you feel guilty makes you feel ashamed and that's that's just the opposite of what our call to be witnesses of jesus is all about so he didn't call us to be witnesses because he couldn't do it without us uh we know that you know we we can't by our own reason or strength believe in jesus christ our lord or come to him that's what you know luther's explanation of the third article of the apostles creed laid out so we should understand by extension if i can't do that for myself i certainly can't do it for somebody else but it goes on, the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gift, sanctified and kept me in the true faith, just as he calls, gathers, enlightened, sanctifies, and keeps the whole Christian church on earth. So we have that work of the Holy Spirit who makes use of us, uh, because the Holy Spirit doesn't work from apart from the means of grace. So if election is by grace, that grace is going to come to people by means, and God has worked it out. So that those means of his grace come to other people through people. It doesn't just fall down out of the sky. You know, it comes to others through people, through believers, through Christ's disciples. Uh, and there's lots of ways that happens. I mean, obviously, the, the, we see that going on as the church gathers in worship. You know, the, the public proclamation of God's word uh, when the pastor is preaching. Uh, we see it in the sacrament being administered, but we also see it in when people gather in other times in Bible study. Uh, but, we, but beyond that, you know, that's the church gathered. Wherever the church gathers, there we have the word and sacraments, the means of grace. But as God sends us out into the world, as he sends us out as the church scattered, the means of grace go with us. And as this Specifically, the Word of God goes with us. And in 1 Peter 2.9, which I see as really 
a foundational verse. I mean, this is a one verse we could turn to and clearly see what God is up to uh, by calling us to be his witnesses, where he calls us, you know, a chosen people, a holy nation, a kingdom of priests uh, to do what? To proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, now, this verse is very clearly speaking about all of God's people, not not just pastors, and specifically uses the word proclaim. Though, though the Greek word that's used there is actually uniquely used in the New Testament in that in that passage to emphasize this is not preaching like a pastor does, but it's it, it's also the license for any of God's people to speak the word of truth and to speak the word of life to those people whom God has put into our lives. And that's what the role of a witness is, to to proclaim, to speak of Jesus with the people that God's already put into our lives. Well, when you think about that, and and for our listeners who are on college campuses, whether they're a a worker or a student or a faculty member or a staff member. I mean, the opportunity, you know, I always tell people you have, to, you have to ask yourself in your life, who is my neighbor? You know, who am I, who am I given to reach out to? And, and what an incredible, uh, an incredible fertile mission field that we have uh, on our nation's college campuses, especially as we becoming, we continue to become an increasingly, you know, um, D. Christianized culture in almost every respect, um, but it seems to me there's another pitfall, and, and and maybe maybe this ties into one of the other two. But to, there's a, one of them would be to, to to think that somehow you know lots of people like to pit. Well, your congregation is focused on maintenance ministry, and that's why you're doing word and sacrament and and having all these services like we all had during Holy Week, where service, 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 service. Our congregation is more focused on witnessing and outreach. Does there have to be a a, a fight between the two? Aren't they supposed to both go together? It's all, it, that definitely is a both and. If we put it as an either or, we, we've missed the whole point. Uh, you know, our, our work as the church scattered as individual witnesses to the world is to, to not just speak of Jesus to people, but also to connect them to the local church where they can be part of the body of Christ. And, and we gather people. Uh, so witnesses are both tellers and connectors. Uh, and so we have a both end of, of maintenance and mission. And it really kind of sums up uh, what I wanted to share most importantly about the why witness. And, and that takes us to the parables that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15, which I like to call the lost and found chapter of the Bible. So we have the, you know, we have this shepherd who has one sheep out of a hundred disappears and he goes out and he finds that, you know, that, that sheep is supposed to be gathered with the other ones. It's supposed to be under the care of the shepherd. That's kind of the maintenance function, right? Taking care of those who are already gathered, but it, it wanders off and now it's lost. And uh, so he he goes out after it, and, and when he finds it, he doesn't, like, stomp his feet and scream at the thing, you stupid sheep, why did you wander off? You caused me a bunch of problems, and, and I had to go looking for you. And what about the other 99? How inconsiderate of you to go wandering off by yourself. And blah, blah, blah. He doesn't do any of that. Instead, he, he puts that sheep on his shoulders and carries it home and rejoicing and saying to everybody around, hey, I found my sheep. Come, come celebrate with me. Mm-hmm. And so the why of witness is this. Witnessing 
again, it's, in a, it's a reflection of the heart of God. It's an invitation to come join him in his heart work. It's actually an invitation to come share in the joy of Jesus. Because over and over again in the Bible, we find God expressing joy when he's reconciled with his people. So there are people out there that, that God has called chosen for eternal life who don't yet belong to his flock. They haven't been gathered with his people yet. And God is saying, come with me, come work with me, come gather with me, come search out these people and and tell them the good news of life and salvation in Jesus and rejoice with me. Come share in my joy of, of gathering that those who are lost, of seeking and saving the lost, Jesus says in Luke 19, 10. And so why witness? Well, because Jesus has invited you to come share in his joy. And at the end of the day, Marcus, if if sharing in the joy of Jesus isn't enough motivation for you to go out and witness, I I don't have anything else. I'm kind of empty at that point. You know, Uh, here God is saying, come join me and come rejoice with me. And we're like, "Uh, nah, you know, it's just kind of scary. I'm afraid people won't like me. Uh, You know, there's all the excuses we come up with. Because we don't see it for what it is. We don't see it as an invitation to share in the joy of God. Well, and in in that way, um, in essence, God is drawing us into his heart in the sense of, of you know, we ask, you know, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. We, we sing most Sundays. We're asking God, we're, we're basically, as we engage in this work, uh, we have to trust in God through the means of grace and his word and sacrament are being fed and nourished and revitalized each week when we gather for the divine service uh, to be able to have, I mean, do we not pray this all the time in the Lord's Prayer to have the mind, I mean, the heart, as you're saying, of God? So it seems to me like what you're saying is, is completely true, that God is really drawing us uh, to share in the uh, in the joy that he has in his heart for saving us by engaging um, with him in this heart work on behalf of our neighbor. Exactly, and and what a wonderful God we have who doesn't just keep this joy to himself, but invites us to come share in it. And so when Jesus says in Acts one eight, he says, you will be my witnesses. Uh, it's a statement of fact. It's who we are. We're God's witnesses in the world. That's why we're here. Uh, but it raises a big question. How do we witness? You know, okay, okay, Jesus, I'm your witness, but uh, okay, what do, how do I do that? What does that look like? Uh, do I have to go somewhere? Do I have to leave my family? Do I have to move to a foreign country? Three you know, months in Bolivia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, that, that raises just a completely different question. But before we rush off into the how to witness, let's make sure we got this why do we witness straight. Uh, it's, it's not because we, we have to. It's not because people will perish apart from us. Doing, it's because God has invited us to share in his joy. He's given us that privileged place of his people to be his witnesses. And, and hearts that are made right with God... Well, naturally, you know, the old apple tree Luther analogy of, of, of an apple that, that, you know, that we bear fruit, we bear apples because that's what apple trees do, right? And so mm-hmm. God tends to us and we, we bear fruit. We, we should be drawn into this work. But, but that is the eternal question is, okay, that all sounds great. So, uh, so how do we do it then? And, of course, everybody wants, uh, you know, um, quick hitting uh, top 10 
lists of, you know, just do this and, you know, kind of magic tonic kind of stuff, which it isn't quite so easy. And the next time that we're going to have you on, uh, we're going to start tackling that. We just got about 30 seconds here left. But uh, in a nutshell, um, anything that you would like to do to set the stage for that in the next 30 seconds or so about uh, how we go about doing this to, to give our audience a chance to get excited about hearing that? You know, the way we go about doing it is it's just a very natural way that takes place in the context of the relationships that God has already put us into so you in our everyday lives. People you already know. People you already know. Wow. I know people you'll come. People you'll come to know. Uh, the people God's woven into your life because He wants you to bring them the good news of Jesus in, in a natural way. So uh, this is you know it doesn't require a script. You don't have to learn a bunch of steps. Or, or certain dialogues. You just learn to look for the opportunities to speak of Jesus in a winsome way to the people who are already in your life. Well, that sounds awesome. And we'll look forward to having you back real soon, and we'll start tackling that. So thanks for being with us today, Pastor Wood. That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Witness, January 2nd through 5th in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Check it out at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help. You've been listening to The Student Union, produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission, in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting the Student Union.